Welcome back to episode 20 of the New Levels Coaching Podcast. Remember, we are the endurance podcast that brings the endurance world lots of coaching, inspiration, and education, so you can literally go away and run with it. As always, I am your host, Coach Lewis Moses, and I am joined this week, quite fittingly, because it is Valentine's week. Valentine's Day was yesterday. My lovely wife, Gemma, is here on the podcast. With my tea. <laughs> She's got a brew with her. I have my brew to the right of me, which I will be picking up if you're watching on YouTube, so Please excuse me if you hear some slurping along the way. It's been Pancake Day as well on Tuesday, followed by Valentine's Day on Wednesday. So it's been a really nice week and uh, we've been up to a little bit. We've been out of the office a little bit this week, Gemma, haven't we? Yeah, no, we have. Yeah, I think, um, oh, I love Pancake Day. It's just, it's the most amazing day because you only, like, you fall in love with having pancakes. You just love them. Like, everyone loves them. But then you only have them once a year. And I wonder, why the hell do I only have them once a year? And why don't I just keep having them? Because I think they'd be amazing long-run, like, post-long-run snack to get recovered. Yeah, I'm going to put that one on my list, I think. Yeah, I have American pancakes a bit more than I have the traditional English pancakes. But, yeah, traditional English pancakes. I make the mix quite a lot because I make Yorkshire puddings a lot. Yeah, and I think there'd be a good poll between which ones you prefer. And I definitely think I, I still prefer the English pancakes the flat, thin ones. Oh, it tastes amazing. Just a bit of lemon and a bit of sugar. Sorted. Well, there you go. So let us know. <laughs> if you're listening in, then let us know in the comments or on our social media, which do you prefer? The English traditional pancakes, American pancakes? What's your filling of choice? Nutella, lemon and sugar, jam. Some people like savoury, some people like sweet. Some people like a bit of stewed fruit. Yeah, Ooh, mm. controversial. <laughs> well, I'm going a bit fa- fancy and going a bit far. But yes, this this week's episode is not all about pancakes, although I'm sure we will mention them. It's about the love of running and finding your running mojo. Maybe when you've lost that, we get a lot of people who come on board with New Levels Coaching, which is the coaching company we obviously both work for, who ask for our help with them to find their running mojo. And I'll be quite honest, it's it's not an easy process for some people to go through, but there are some definitely some lessons and some learnings that we can delve a little bit deeper into this week that we can share with you that hopefully help you understand what you can do if you're struggling with your running or if you're struggling to find your running mojo. We're also going to touch on a few points around, well, why do we love running? You know, what, what draws us to it? What keeps us bringing back to it? And why do we love the running community so much? Community has been a big part of everybody's conversation over the last few weeks, particularly with what's going on at Parkrun, which we won't go into because that's a whole new podcast episode on its on its own. But one thing that's come out of that is that, you know, Parkrun has provided a community there for runners that people go to and they share in that community and they embrace their love for running within that community. And the wider running community also has that feel for it. So we want to share a little bit of that love this week. Yeah. And what about you, Jen? What have you been up to since you've last been on the podcast? Because it feels like it's been a little bit of a... It was pre-Christmas. Well, actually, no, it was the New Year one. So only January since you were last You shipped me out and got all these other guests in and now you want me back. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing hard to get for a while, but it's Valentine's week, you know. I thought I'd give give you a little bit of me. <laughs> well, I think it's worth saying that we've we've planned, we've structured it in. So we've had this planned in for a while. and oh, we've got Worry, we've got worry. a really good we've got a really good exciting podcast schedule coming up mm. with lots of new guests but we always do want to bring our coaches on board to show the expertise that we have in the room or in the office in this case yeah no definitely no I'm still feeling the love don't worry good good I'm glad you're not feeling lonely <laughs> so should we go back to the question yes. of what have I been up to what have you been up to um oh lots of 
lots of running, lots of being ill, um, lots of work, and then preparing to go to Gran Canaria next week, which after all the rain in the UK, and this kind of comes back to losing a bit of your running mojo and like different times of the year as well, which I want to talk about. Um, but I'm super excited to be going out to Gran Canaria for some sunshine and some training and to watch some awesome racing as well. So, yeah, lot, lots going on in my life. Well, let, let's start there because I think it's a really interesting point. So we're going to Gran Canaria and you're not not racing. Yeah. We originally were going out because James was due to race, but James has unfortunately picked up a little bit of an Achilles problem. Now, thankfully, that Achilles problem isn't too bad. It was more from a rubbing on the, on the back of his trainer, we believe, and it's now settled down. But over the last few weeks, I've had some tough decisions to make as a coach because, as you mentioned, you've been ill and a lot of people have been oh. ill. Um, you know, as, as coaches, we've been fighting fighting fire behind the scenes and, and trying to get people mm. back on their feet and helping them to do uh, to make sensible decisions. You love running and you love racing and you were meant to race a couple of weeks mm. ago at Charmwood Hills where, where I raced. And I made that tough decision for you and said, look, I'm going to take this decision out of your hands. You're not racing. And I know you felt a little bit bad about that, but it was the right decision at the time. Yeah. And I've also had to make a decision that we're going to go to Gran Canaria and James isn't going to race. He, he wouldn't feel confident racing anywhere. But um, he is back running. He's back on his feet. And some people might fall into the trap of thinking, oh, well, I'm back running. I'm going to race. And you've got to have that hard conversation with yourself and say, is this the right decision for this time of year? As much as we love the sport and mm. we love racing and you love racing, We've had to think about the long-term plan here and we'll come on to goal setting in a second around how that can be helpful. And this has helped me massively as a coach, knowing that that long-term goal is there and me being comfortable to say, actually, you're not doing that this week. Not because I don't, um, not because I know that you want to do it and you'd love to do it, but it's not the right time right now. So actually, we're going to focus long-term and I know you'll be much happier if you get to your long-term goal and you're in a better place. So, yeah, there's lots of illnesses and, uh, and injuries flying around, but I think it's a really good place to start and say, look, don't be afraid to adapt, adapt things if you can, even though you think you, you love what you do, you, you always want to do it. Don't be afraid to take a day off or even a week off if you have to. Yeah, and and it's really interesting um, from an athlete's perspective because obviously I've got both from a coaching perspective and from an athlete's. But January and February tend to be quite hard months, like especially in the UK where there's no, there's hardly, I don't think there's been hardly any sunshine, a lot of rain, a lot of illnesses, and you just get to a point where I don't know whether anyone else thinks that after Christmas it is a bit of a slump. And I've seen a couple of you know people talk about this, and I and I think it's really important to raise the point that it's okay to feel a bit meh, you know, and I think when when you have illnesses as well like I do personally think I lost a bit of my running mojo so I was really excited I hadn't raced since Valencia I was really excited to do this local Charmwood Hills race but I came down with a really really bad coldy flu type um type illness and when you get running well you realize I definitely should not have ra- like shouldn't race but on the lead up to the race you're like oh I feel a bit better now while still blowing you know snotting out on your run <laughs> And now you can get disqualified for snotting in races, apparently, <laughs> can, yeah. according to the Midlands Cross Country. So I would be disqualified. Um, but I, you you get a bit like, oh, OK, well, I've got an illness. Now I can't race. So kind of the stacking starts where you're ill. You can't race. You're probably not going to recover within a week from a cough, cold, flu, COVID, whatever. So it takes a bit longer. I then came down with a migraine. And I think sometimes illnesses can just mess with the brain a little bit. And we go a little bit lower in mood. And then 
I just started to like when I was running, I was just like, oh, just not feel like not feeling excited about running, like a bit oh that I didn't didn't race. And, and you, then just just to stop you there, sorry to interrupt, but you also had that point I think where you'd clearly were coming back into what I thought was good shape, and you know we'd yeah. had good conversations, and then you'd had like this week off, and then all of a sudden you were saying to me, well, I don't know what shape I'm in, like I'm about to square one, and the mind plays tricks with you, doesn't it? It's oh, like you've only massively. had a week off, and yeah. you're thinking, oh my god, I've lost all this fitness all of a sudden. Yeah, and I wanna, I wanna make sure that people understand that because I think I've been running for a lot of years, and it's like, well, you shouldn't feel like that. Obviously, you've not lost any fitness. It's like, no, it still feels like you have, and and mentally, you still feel a bit lower because of it like it was great to be able to watch you and Kirsty race but don't get me wrong like I wanted to be on that start line and yes it wasn't a major race but it's been so long since I've raced because it was in the plan and now I'm not racing till March so there's still quite a bit of time but I think you have to sometimes just be in that moment and let those feelings happen and be aware of them because if you just start fighting them you'll end up just being like really hard on yourself whereas actually like saying like yeah I've lost a bit of my running mojo I don't feel great okay what are the steps that I can do to find it while I'm getting better and coming out of this illness and one of mine actually was like actually when I was feeling better getting out for my run so not thinking about it just being like right I'm going to get out the door and I'm going to go on the places that I like running some nice trails and I got some sunshine and it was like okay this is why I run this is nice and then when I did my session I actually ended up doing it on my own because you were away and it was like I didn't put any pressure on myself I was just like actually I'm going to just do this at a steady run pace see how I feel and it went really well so it's like you tick off those little things that nothing's like you know magical or incredible or you're not done anything out of this world you've just done a few things that help you to remember your why and get you back on track when you have been down well that's where we'll start and that's what I want to talk about and dissect something you touched on there where you said um, you've almost got to let it happen but then you went a bit further and said but you've got to have some strategies as well about how to cope with it and how to deal with it and that's what I really want to talk about is well what strategies are there how do people know how to get out of this hole if you've lost your running mojo what can you do about it and I believe that you do have to take action and it does start with action. You can, like you say, let certain things happen. Like you can let these thoughts come into your head, but it's then how do you deal with those thoughts and what are you doing about it and who can you talk to? So I'm going to kick off and then I'm going to come on to you. But number one for me, I found recently more so than ever is that the taking action gives me the motivation I don't feel motivated in the start point. I think a lot of people, particularly who come on board with us coaching, they pick up the phone to us and they say, yeah, I want to get my motivation back. And I'll be really honest with them and I'll say, okay, well, we need to start taking some action then because motivation comes from action, not the other way around. We've said that on previous podcasts as well. And I think we we heard it on the High Performance Podcast. I really liked it. Actually, we heard it at the High Performance Roadshow and we went to watch that. And I really like that saying that, motivation comes from action, but people get confused. They think, oh, I'll just get motivated. I'm just going to jump out of bed tomorrow morning and my motivation's going to be back. Here's why I don't believe that. Because quite often when you're in that slump, as you describe, and you're feeling a bit meh, as (laughs) as you described it, your first couple of runs back generally do feel meh, (laughs) if not worse. They're awful. And 
there's nothing motivating about that. No. You go out the door and you think, oh my God, I'm unfit. Or I'm maybe, in my case, like this is just my example, I'm carrying a bit extra weight at the time because I'd been injured and I'd not been eating very well. And all these demons are going around in your head. And I want to make it clear that this happens to everyone yeah. or pretty much everyone. You know, you are not alone in when this is happening to you. So the first thing is, Taking action on that and getting out the door, step number one, is really the most important thing for me. I don't know if you'd agree with that. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. And I think just a question to you, you've ha- you've been through this process recently, haven't you? Because mm. you didn't have, like taking action is really important, but then I think you're going to go on to this, but having that goal. And I think you've been through this cycle of like actually not having a goal but taking action and then enjoying your running a bit more but still being a bit in middle land of how motivated you are but then actually setting goals which weren't actually to do with performance um, first and then second they were performance but how yeah how did that kind of work for you? Well you, you touched on it a long time ago and I think again you've mentioned this on one of the earliest podcast episodes we did about how once when you were injured even though you were injured you're in a boot you set yourself a goal of running the London Marathon and you entered it and it gave you motivation. Mm. And I'd I'd lost that goal focus around racing because I'd gone into coaching and I thought, right, okay, I'm not racing for myself anymore. I don't need to set myself any race goals. But what I found with that was, you're exactly right, I was just taking action and it was almost needless action. Uh, It wasn't purposeful action where it wasn't aimed towards a specific goal. So I could get away with doing things and I could get away with not doing things. Whereas when I put a goal back in the calendar and I set myself a running goal, and that's going to be in August of this year, it then made me backtrack and set some other goals in the lead up to that and some other races that I'd like to do. And it's now kept me accountable towards the actions that I'm taking. So, for example, this morning I was up early, six o'clock in the morning, to do my run before I then go to the gym because I wanted to go to the gym. And I'll be honest, I got inspired by um, Dale, who's one of our athletes in the NLC group. He posted something in our WhatsApp group. So, if you're listening, Dale, thanks for <laughs> again, thanks for the motivation. Yeah. We'll come on to that point in a second. He said, "Oh." I didn't manage my seven mile this morning, but I did manage to get myself out to do four. And it was a day when I didn't feel like I could do anything. So I'm classing that as like a small win. That's a big win in my yeah, eyes. Yeah. And and that again, that, that motivates me seeing other people. And I know Dale's training towards the marathon. So again, that goal being in there keeps you motivated, but it's the action you take that then gives you the motivation to carry on and do more. And and, and I know we've done a podcast on more is less, so it's not always more is more, um, but doing the right type of more and getting out the door when you want to. Yeah, and I think um, there's lots of different ways you can set goals. So some people on here will be listening from a performance point of view and racing and performance and that type of goal is a big part of their life but I know me and you talked about it when I was ill and maybe why um I'm I'm quite we talk a lot about psychology don't we at home (laughs) but like when my mood felt quite low um we both resonated that when we don't get out to exercise that's when we probably aren't kind of productive at work or aren't, aren't our best selves and so some people it might be that your goal is actually to get out running or get out exercising three times a week for your own mental health and it's like actually that having that accountability and having that goal there can help the rest of your life as well so I think it's really important to say like it's not just about performance because I think my running is both performance and 
mental health feel good like that is a lot to do with my why as well and when we're setting those goals I think it's really important to be really specific with them that's one thing that I've found yeah. is, has helped me massively so not just again like the, the th- running three times a week is a really good example and if your goal is to run three times a week I would challenge you now to and I maybe wouldn't have done this in the past as a coach but I would now challenge you to say okay what three days in the week which three days are you going to get out of the door? Like plan it in. So, yeah. and and how long are you going for? How long is each run? So you want to run three days a week, but what does that look like? Because once you start to visualize it and you see it, you're more likely to make it happen. And I would encourage people to do this with their goals, to think, right, what is my goal? What do I want to achieve from it? What does it look like and how is it going to happen? Because once you go through that visualization process, it's so much more powerful. And I just keep going to my goal. And I've I've said to you that I want to stand on the start line in August. I want to feel fit, healthy, and ready to undertake the challenge that I'm going to undertake. And that means being strong on the hill. So this morning I'm thinking, right, I can't miss that gym session because I need these quads to be strong for the hills. And that visualization of even just strong quads is is helping me. Back to your point, if it's just getting out the day three days a week, if that's for your mental well-being, then what does that look like for you? Visualizing Mm -hmm. what does being mentally well look like for you and why is that such a positive? And when you talk about action um, equals motivation rather than the other way around, we can look at habit stacking. So you can, you've got your goal, you've set it. But the most important thing after that is like your roadmap to your goal, which you've just spoke about. So like, so what am I going to do to get to that goal? But then it's like, well, a lot of it is habits. So like, for example, washing your teeth or brushing your teeth. Depends. Brushing. Gemma <laughs> always says washing your teeth. Washing your teeth. The first time Gemma said to me, are you going to wash your teeth? I was like, what, where's the soap? You nearly turned around and went the other way, didn't you? Who is this woman? Um, brushing your teeth morning and evening is a habit that we all kind of done since we were little. So it's a part of our daily routine. Um, and people... People ask me now, they're like, how do you still run the amount you do? And I'm literally, it's a habit to me. I'm like, well, running's normal every day, which is why I miss it when I don't run. But like, uh, that's just literally, a no- that's as um, kind of automatic as brushing my teeth is going for a run each day. And once we start stacking the habits, it takes about those three weeks to get that habit stacking in place. Once you start stacking them, and like you say, you have specific days. I always try and get people to think about routine because spontaneous activity is great. It's amazing. Like, what you know, when you do something really spontaneous, the brain loves it. We want it. Great. But for the majority of the time, having routine can be really important to fit in with the rest of your life, but also to make sure you're effectively working towards your goals. The habit stacking thing is really interesting because I think it's so powerful in Mm. itself. And again, it leads to motivation. It's like the action leads to motivation, but building those habits as well, because I find that I'm going to use the the running and nutrition as an example here. When I'm running, and I'm not alone in this because I've spoken to people about it, when I'm running and I'm getting back fit and I I feel like I'm, I'm making a bit of a change and turning that corner where you're starting to feel a little bit better, guess what? your diet improves as well. And you start to stack healthier habits on top of that. And you think, oh, I need to think about that a little bit more now because I'm feeling fitter and feeling stronger. The opposite can be said when I've been in the past when I've not been training and all of a sudden my diet goes out the window. (laughs) And it should be the point when your diet's on, on point. It should be better then than it is when you're training. But it's that thing around 
healthy habits and healthy habits stacking lend themselves to each other. I guess the question here is how can we do that when motivation is low or where when we've lost that running mojo? Yeah. And, and I think it's really tricky to, to do that. But again, it comes back to that point of you've got to start taking action or else it won't happen. And I think it shows that all the pieces of your puzzle aren't aligned because you're not you're not focusing in the right direction so everything's a bit misplaced whereas if you piece the puzzle together with that goal you have some direction yes you need a lot like flexibility as well but you start to feel like you're moving and working towards something and you have a purpose so often people lose their motivation and mojo when they don't have a purpose so I think like and I also think that people are really hard on themselves on the tougher times in running so like um, for example like we say in Dale in the whatsapp group like Sometimes you can be hard on yourself that you haven't completed that um, seven miles when it was down in the plan, but actually you've got out for that six. So celebrate the small wins, um, but also be very aware that it is, you know, it is really, really important to to be flexible. And also a lot of the harder times when we start to lose our running mojo can teach us a lot about ourselves. So I've had it the last couple of weeks where when I felt flat and I felt like I'd lost a bit of my running mojo, but it's taught me quite a lot, actually. If I sit back and reflect, I'm like, what did I learn from that period? What did I, what were the things that helped me overcome this? And actually, it's going to help me in the future and give me good lessons. So I think it's not all about being like, you can't lose your running mojo or you can't feel down and not enjoy running, but always learn from those harder and more challenging periods because they're going to help you in the future. Yeah, that comes back for me to, to that rule of thirds we talk about a yeah. lot. You know, we, we talk about always thinking we should feel our best, but the rule of thirds, which I really like, I can't remember which runner put that up when he chased um, the Alex, goal. Ale- Alexis Papas. Alexis yeah. Papas, yeah, really, really nice um, analogy around when we're chasing a goal, we expect things to be great 100% of the time. But the reality is 33% of the time we feel good, 33% of the time we feel okay and 33% of the time we feel crap. Yeah. And that's fine to to feel like that. What I would challenge people to do is exactly what you just said is when you are feeling crap, firstly like acknowledge it and say okay, well that's okay. That, that's fine. Um but how am I going to learn from this and how am I going to be aware that if it happens again I realize it's just part of the process? Yeah. Because people do then come out of that and then feel good again. But then you are going to have stages where you feel crap again. Yeah, it's like you have different chapters in life. It's the same with goals. Like this is why you need to really think about you and do some self-reflection because your life is will change month on month, like year on year. And you need to be like, you need to be okay with goals changing, life changing, ups and downs. Like my friend Paris, she's a clinical psychologist. And she says like, life isn't just straight sailing. It's literally up, down, up, down, emotions all over the place, blah, blah, blah. Life hits, you know, challenges, whatnot. So we've got to kind of expect that and then roll roll with it a bit. And that's, I'd say, that's not just life. That's like your running journey as well. The progress mm. is never linear, despite mm. everyone expecting it to be. And we spoke recently at a workshop about this, you know, the Strava graph where we see people's Strava, which looks a bit like a flat line. And what I mean by that is it's often like the same volume, the same mileage every week. And people think that that's a, that's a good thing. It might be a good thing, depending on where you are in your training. 
But a lot of the time, people just think, oh, if I just add a little bit more volume each week and they have this this linear, I'm just going to keep going up my volume and it's just keep going to progressing. It doesn't work like that. Like your volume at the start of the year and your training was looking really good. And then all of a sudden there was nothing in there, mm. but there was nothing in there for a reason because you were ill. Yeah. And again, accepting that that's fine is, is, is absolutely fine. And going back to the point about how, well, that then led to you feeling a bit down and potentially losing your running mojo. Mm. It's like, again, that's fine. Yeah. But have those strategies in place to say, right, well, how do I get it back? Yeah. And you know, Joe, one of them of getting it back is that I know, so I've had a lot of injuries. I had cancer. I know what it feels like, even just when you're ill for four days, what it feels like without running. And so when I first, you kind of get out of the routine. So that first run back, you're like, I don't really want to go for a run. Then you go for a run and realize why you love it. Because when you don't do it, you feel like crap. And you don't you don't enjoy life as much. Like I don't enjoy life as much without running. And I'm sure I'd cope eventually if I couldn't run. But it just gives me that little bit more, more sparkle in life, I think. Well, there's one you've thrown in there, which I didn't even have on my list when I was preparing this thinking, oh, well, what can I add in there? Gratitude and Mm. being grateful for what we have, I think is super important. And again, linking this back to the point of, you know, how can you find your motivation? How can you get that mojo back? Sometimes just simple things like writing down what, what you're grateful for. Like for me, a big point in my running career when I found myself running really well the year I did really well. That coincided with somebody I worked with had passed away, a young child, and it was a special educational needs school. And me thinking about that and the challenges that he faced in his life and how grateful I was to just be able to go out and train and run and perform... And didn't feel like it was my responsibility to do that, but I just felt really lucky to be able to do that. And I think at that point in time, I used to see performance as like a privilege. So I used to think I'm very privileged to be able to perform at this level. And I used that as my motivation, but really it was gratitude to say, I'm grateful for what I've got. Mm. Uh, Cause there's a lot of people who maybe couldn't do that. But I also used the people I was working with in those special educational needs schools as motivation because I see the challenges that they faced every single day and they were overcoming challenges that I could never imagine. And I didn't then see running as that big of a challenge, if that makes sense, because I used to think, well, this is just putting one foot in front of the other, you know, so that that's that for me is quite easy. So actually looking at things and appreciating what you've got being grateful for that and looking for some inspiration around you is also a really important part of it for me. Well, I think, and I can resonate with that. It was no, so after I had cancer, I was diagnosed with cancer in 2012 and then went through my treatment and it was no surprise. Well, it was a massive surprise, but I had a huge amount of perspective in terms of like being very thankful to still be here because part of me probably shouldn't be here. Um, But the year after, you know, I had a track season. I built back up. I ran a personal best over 3K. And then I spent two years on a PB train where every time, literally every time I raced, I got a personal best for two years. And that really physically with the aggressive chemotherapy I went through shouldn't really be possible. But actually, a lot of that came from the gratitude of like, I've just spent eight months sat in a hospital bed being given treatment. Like, now what can I do with this body that it actually can move again? So I think, like you say, which again comes back, we always talk about the power of the mind, because I, I think that that during that period, my mind massively outplayed my body in terms of like helping me to get to places that I probably shouldn't have got to um, body wise and ability wise. 
Or the flip of that is that the body is always capable of it, but the mind is preventing you from yeah. fulfilling your mm. potential, which a lot of science says. You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day and um, we've seen like Tim Noakes and Samuel McCora do a lot of research around this and uh, the, their studies on the mind are quite fascinating. You know, the central governor theory where they talk about um, we have a governance inside of us that prevents us from finding our potential, like a protection mechanism, stops us going too deep. But a lot of that research also shows that when our mind is free from yeah. from the goal or chasing things or putting so much pressure on ourselves that we perform better, you've still got to have certain motivation there. But like you're saying here is you all of a sudden had freed the mind up to say, I don't really care about this performance. Yeah. And, and that sounds, I always think like, especially performance athletes will look at you and be like, but what do you mean? You just got to be happy and you, you got to have perspective. But it's like we watched the Ronnie O'Sullivan documentary and Steve Peters sat down and said, you will play well at snooker if you are happy. And that just sounds so simple. So, but that's talking about um, Ronnie O'Sullivan in high performance situations, just being happy to be able to play well. And I think although people might look at it and go, well, what's that about? But it, I, when I worked with the psychologist Sarah, she said exactly the same thing. And actually, when you practice that side of things, you do then get the performance benefits. And this is what a lot of research is showing with the mindset side of things is that performance has a direct correlation to how people are feeling. Like if they're feeling happy with themselves, then the performance happens. And you, you just w worded it in a slightly different way there when you said about Ronnie was happy to be playing well, but is he playing well because he's happy? He's not happy to be playing well. The, the playing well is a direct correlation of him just being happy yeah, in yeah. general. Yeah. Um, but then again, we are then happy to be running well. It's, it's like that circle. Yeah. But I think it's really important to find that balance. And, and we see it with a lot of people, particularly at the elite end of sport, you know, some of the famous cases that come to mind, like Tyson Fury in boxing, Victoria Pendleton in cycling. There's there's a lot we can list. Ricky Hatton in boxing, we watched that program recently. They are going so much and striving for excellence. They're going so deep in trying to find their pinnacle that actually they end up on this cycle of almost like, how can I describe it? They're beating themselves up on the achievements that they have and they're never able to perform at the level that they want to because they see excellence as this thing that almost doesn't exist. And they're, they're striving for something that they never get to, which Matthew McConaughey described in his book, which I loved his book, is like, he called it chasing the yet. It's yet to happen mm. and you're constantly chasing it and it never comes because it's always yet to happen. And you've got to be really happy with what you've got and what you're what you're aiming to achieve. And I think that's when sometimes if you have a greater purpose, that's where it's really powerful. And I thought it was really nice. So this weekend you came back from Monaco doing families and track with Paula Ratcliffe and the events of the North team. And you came back and you said, Paula just still loves running. And I, and I was listening to you talk about it. And I think like Paula had her, all of her ups and downs that like you could look back at and create, you know, she had incredible achievements, but she didn't get those Olympic medals that she perhaps would, would have wanted. But like, compared to some other athletes who kind of struggled during their time, and I'm sure Paula had those struggles, but she didn't fall out of love with running. So like you went on a run with her and she still loves running. She's still got gym set up. It's like, 
actually that's because she knows her why. So every time, you know, every time you look back at it, it's like Paula is still running because she loves it. There was um, a little bit of research linked to extrinsic and intrinsic motivation as well, saying that uh, the performances are better for those people that are intrinsically motivated. It comes from within the why, the love for the sport, why you do it. It was absolutely pouring down. Like the rain was biblical on that run in Monaco. And Paula just jokingly said to me, like, we don't have to be doing this, Lewis. Like Nick's racing. He's still racing. (laughs) We don't have to be out here. And my point was, yeah, we're choosing to be out here because this is what we love doing. And yeah. it's not its not a sacrifice you have to make. And I used to love when Paula said that. She never made any sacrifices because she chose to do that. She loved what she did. And I made the comments to her on a run. I said, I think people who really get the best out of themselves in this sport are the people who love what they do. And I think people who do it, who are extrinsically motivated, I think they can have success but I don't necessarily think that they get long-term success and I don't think that they're always happy with what they get. And I think that's when, when it comes to an end for them and the extrinsic rewards then stop and all the fame and things, I think that's where they can then feel a little bit lost, which is why I think we can always learn from people in the elite side of this sport, in any sport, it's really important to understand why you do it and and your love for it and the benefits it has, has for you and if you understand that, then you're more likely to get out of it what you want to get out of it. I really loved it, what you said as well the other day. Um, one of our photographers at the physiology workshop um, is a young young runner at Birmingham University. And you said um, about him, like he was an amazing footballer. And he decided, like he was at an academy um, or something, you'll be able to explain more. But he decided, actually, I don't want to do football because I don't really like it. And I was like, what you know you could you know the, the money and football and the success and you're like no he just he just said he'd turn to running and I think that's I think that's a really good point of like understanding what you like and don't just do things if you don't like them actually find what you like and what you love doing and do more of that yeah there's nothing wrong with you know not liking something that everybody else likes yeah and and I think this is where you know we find with particularly with runners People come to us and say, oh, I want to do the marathon. And you say, why do you want to do the marathon? Oh, because everyone else does. Well, do you want to do a marathon? Is that something you want to do? Or are you just doing it because everybody else does it? Like, What what do you like doing? What do you enjoy doing? And this is where I was with, with my running. I love the trails now. I absolutely love them. I've probably always loved them, but I didn't do them as much as I maybe could could have and maybe should have. But um, people say, oh, well, when are you going to next do the ultra? Or when are you going to go and do like 100K, 100 miles? I'm saying, no, no, that's not for me. I like mm-hmm. trails, but that, that distance stuff, no, no, that's not for me. I don't enjoy that. I like the shorter stuff. Yeah. So I'll find shorter races. And I'm not bothered about what everyone do, else does. I love that. I love watching it. I love coaching it. I love exploring it. And I have the utmost respect for people who do it. But that just isn't for me. Yeah. And I think it's really important to get that defined when you're setting that goal. Because if you're chasing a goal that you're not motivated by, you're going to have problems and you're going to come unstuck. Yeah. And let me give an example of this. So if you're, for example, training for an ultra and you don't out, you don't like being out there for hours on end, well, good luck doing the training <laughs> yeah. because it's going to require you to be out for hours on end. That's the training. And then what happens is people almost try and cheat it and say, well, is there another way I can do this? You know, can I just do shorter runs and more of them? And can I do them faster? No, you can't. Yeah. Like, you've got to do the specificity that's related to the goal that you're set. So rather than try and cheat it and rather than try and do something that you're not motivated towards, 
Step number one, pick your goal, make sure you're motivated by it, make sure you're going to enjoy the process behind it because it comes the full circle. If you're enjoying it more, if you're happier, you're more likely to achieve the goal. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's a lot we've, we've been through there. We've yeah. gone through, if we, if we just backtrack and kind of summarize, so we've gone with setting a goal can be motivating, but that goal has to be something that is going to motivate you. So think about the things that you enjoy. Sometimes goals with a, a deeper purpose or uh, a bigger purpose can help. So some people like to raise money for charity. That gives yeah. them more meaning as well. So putting or, a goal in there. Or travel. Like if you want, if you like actually this point in chapter in my life, I want to travel more. Well, why didn't you? Like my parents did it. They, My dad's done like 27 marathons and the when they first started to do marathons, it was actually because they wanted to go to European cities and visit them and look around. And what a perfect way to look around a city and to run a marathon. <laughs> yeah, and and that's similar with me. I, I absolutely love exploring. And to, to go to the opposite of that, some people saying, uh, I remember Damien Hall saying he wants to travel less. So he's like, I'm going to pick races that are more accessible for me yeah. now. I've been out there. I've traveled loads. I'm thinking a little bit more about the environment. I'm going to travel less now. So I'm going to think about UK races and then there's some people who are going you know what I want to do all six major marathons like I want to tick them off as well so yeah I think it's a really good point like what I think that comes down doesn't it to what are your values and what do you want from your own life that's that's really important to look at and don't be afraid to write those down yeah so we've got the the goals but then the big thing around that Motivation comes from action. So yeah. taking action with those those goals uh, and making sure that you're working towards them. We've spoken about gratitude and being grateful for what you have and looking for inspiration around. And that's where I want to go to next is the power of other people being around you. Yeah. Because I think, you know, it's easy to look at Valentine's Day as this great day that everybody celebrates, but not everybody's celebrating it. Uh, and we're, we're doing this podcast in the love of running, the, the, the sport that we love and why, why we do love it, which we'll come on to at the end. But there's a lot of people there in the running world that sometimes feel a little bit alone. And that's uh, and that's absolutely fine as well. But again, what can we do if we fall into that trap where we feel a little bit alone? We've lost our running mojo. We don't know who to turn to. We don't know where to turn to. What advice have we got for those people who are maybe thinking, right, I need to break this cycle? So I think there's a couple of things, really. The first one is if you actually want people to be around. So like, actually, if you've lost your running mojo and you're feeling lonely and you're really struggling, one of the best things to do is find someone to go for a run. But not everyone can just pick up their phone and have friends who run. So actually, what can you look at within the community? So there's like run clubs now, there's um, local running groups. Um, you're going to touch about on, so we do new levels coaching, coaching clinics, which are free for people to come. We just did um, the last one last week in Loughborough and we had 40 people coming along of all different abilities, lots of amazing feedback. And we've got them around the country um, over the next few months. Um, so you've got that group element, but then you've also got, I, I kind of said this, um, yesterday in our in our Valentine's Day post, sometimes people love running on their own, and I actually, although I do have the human podcast to run with, <laughs> I say, don't don't go you. down the route of oh, I love to run on my own. When the other day you were saying, oh, when are you going to come back to run no, with me? I go through like different stages with it, but at the weekend I had some really nice runs on my own, and sometimes it was just appreciating actually in your own headspace, in your own mind. When I'm on my own, I often go to like the woods where I like running and the like Broombriggs where I can see the views and Beacon and I'm just like, oh, this is lovely. So sometimes it's just also realizing that 
on social media, see everyone running with run clubs, switch off your social media and actually really embrace and enjoy that run on your own because sometimes that can be as amazing as running with a group of people. It's a really good point. I think the the run clubs, the community spirit, even going to a race can can help mm. people. Like you say, not everybody could pick up a friend and have a have a uh, run buddy because some people's friendship groups don't run. Yeah. So sometimes you've got you've got that problem as well. The the big thing for me, Park Run exists as well. That's a free initiative on a Saturday that people can go to and feel part of a community. One example I'm going to give here from the lakes retreat that we went on last year, which we delivered uh, up in the the Western Lakes, which is a stunning setting. One lady came to that and in in the mindset session there, she opened up and and she said, one of my biggest worries was coming here and being around people that I didn't know. And that was one of her biggest fears of the weekend. Even though she'd booked on, she was scared and, and a little bit worried and very nervous about being around people. And she said she needn't have worried because it was an amazing weekend and she got on with everybody and there was a lot more people there who were very similar to, to her. And we talk a lot about being around positive, like-minded people, but sometimes that involves you getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And a lot of people stay in that comfort zone because they feel like they might be intimidated or scared, which I guess is is linked to what's happened with Park Run recently. They're saying that some people are intimidated by faster runners and records and that type of thing. But there are a lot of people who are just intimidated by that in general. And again, that's fine. Um, but if it's something that you really want to do uh, is to socialize with other people and be part of a community and be part of groups, at some point you've got to step out of that circle yeah. and you've got to take that chance and what I would say is it might not work first time and it might not be right first time, but give it a chance. Mm. You know, keep keep going back or keep doing it until you find the one that is that is right for you. But I just think the power of the people is is so important, particularly positive people. Surrounding yourself with those people and find, finding the right people for you can be so important when you're on that journey to, to finding your running mojo. And I think like you said, from us coaches as well, like we as coaches can also provide that mentorship and guidance and support. You know, I have such incredible relationships with my athletes. Like we have, we have become friends and, and it's, you know, we've, I've been through the, with them through the hard times, the challenges, the ups, the downs, everything. And actually having that kind of person to bounce off or to reach out with after you've done a run that's been on your own can be really helpful because it shows that you might be out on your own but actually you're getting that feedback and support you need from a coach as well the accountability partner is yeah. uh, what a lot of people refer to a coach as these days you know you're you're my accountability partner you're keeping me accountable and I wouldn't say that we're necessarily keeping people accountable um but they might feel like that, which is, yeah. again, motivation itself for them to get out of the door. Because I think accountability stops with the people who are doing the training. But, again, power of the people, having somebody in your corner, having somebody who's got your back, having somebody who's going to comment on that run and give you a little bit of feedback, it does make a big difference rather than you feeling like you're doing it on your own. Yeah. And in the WhatsApp group that we have with New Levels Coaching, with our athletes in there, you can see that, our coaches just aren't the accountability partners. The athletes themselves, mm. the runners in that group, the triathletes in that group, they're all accountability partners for each other because they're posting their results in there. They're posting their training in there. And people are getting behind it and saying, well done, that's inspiring me. you know. And it's just really nice to see that community of people picking each other up. 
Yeah, and these are people that don't see each other in person. They're based all around the world from like Bahrain to the, you know, the UK. And it's like, actually, I know sometimes digital communities can get a bit of stick because it's like we've gone away from seeing each other. But actually, when we are dotted around everywhere, like uh, that, that is really important, that community. And what I loved about that, so Mohammed, who's from Bahrain, he's heading to Seville this weekend. And then there's more of our athletes heading out there to Seville and they're going to meet up at the expo. So again, that the virtual world then becomes the re- the reality where you meet up in person. And we saw at the National Running Show where we saw some of our runners meeting up with each other. They never met in person before. And again, it brings that community together. Yeah. So you feel connected by technology. And that's a great thing that we never used to have. But then that technology becomes reality when we're meeting at community events, coaching clinics, workshops, mm. races, and different events we have in the calendar. So I think it's fantastic. And I think it's it's why it's really important for people if they want to, as you say, if they want to be part of something, to go and seek that and find what's right for them. And I think that's an important part of it. Not, not every community is right for every individual, but there will be something out there that's right for you if you're looking for that community to be around. Yeah. Okay, so lots of takeaways for our runners this week if you are struggling with your running mojo. But where I want to finish this podcast episode is the the love of running. I wanted to put you on the spot a little bit, Gemma, and maybe you can fire it back at me. Yeah. But why why do you love running? What keeps bringing you back to this sport that provides us so many lows, but a lot of highs as well? a good question you wouldn't have been asking that this morning when you set the alarm at 20 past six and you got up you straight out of bed and you're like Gemma you're up yet 10 minutes later I was like no and then you came in through my dressing gown you get getting up yet no <laughs> dragged myself out of bed Account- that's an example accountability partner <laughs> Lewis picking me up down the stairs but that's an example of you can love running but yeah like I'm not jumping out of bed and really motivated to go for my morning run but back to your question why do I love running I think my big why, and I never understood this before 2012, but I, when I had cancer, I got running completely taken away from me. So I think that what I realized was that running was running helped me through a very challenging time and helped cancer not define me. And that's why I run, because I had was going through the lowest of lows, but running made me realize a lot about myself, both physically and mentally. And I think that's why I, since I had, after I had cancer and the recovery, that's why my love for running is just so much deeper than I ever thought was possible. And that's why I still run. I don't know if I can go as deep as that. (laughs) Does that explain it though? It does, it does. And, And I saw that, I think as well, it's worth saying, it gave you an element of control when everything else in our lives was taken out of control. We felt like lives had spiraled out of control. You know, I all of a sudden was not going to work. We were living in the hospital. You were going through treatment. You'd had so much taken away from you, including things like personal, which is like your hair, which was falling out. And the one thing that you could control was you could go out for a run or a walk or whatever exercise that you could do that day. Movement was important to you. And it gave you that element of control when everything else was getting stripped back. Yeah. And I think I just want to say as well, although that kind of love for running and sometimes a need for running, which can be also a bit unhealthy. Yeah. um, But it doesn't necessarily mean I still have to remind myself of that some days. Like when I sometimes get caught up in the pressure of, 
oh, I've not hit this split or I've not performed as well at this race. Like I do have to then strip back and remind myself of why I love it. Like it's not just an automatic that it comes because I'm quite a lot of years past that emotional feeling. Um, But I think like for me, that means like when I, you know, when I go out for runs, like I do get some days and I'm just like, it's amazing to be out here on the trails, like just in this environment, traveling with running. And I think that just deepens and kind of carries on that love for it. Well, that's where I'm going to start on mine. The places you see, I just think are amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can go and explore. You can get to places that other people can't get to. When I'm stood at the top of a mountain, I'm thinking the only way up here is to walk or run. And there's no cars up here. There's no bikes up here. I just think that's amazing. You know, my feet are the only things that are going to get me up there. And I like to, to run, walk them. Sometimes you have to walk. But that is, is amazing itself. But also you get to see the world and, and you travel the world. That comes in line with the people you meet as well from all different cultures and backgrounds. I would say my life very much changed because of running. It had such a positive impact on me as a person. I'm a lot more cultured because of that. And I've met people from all different backgrounds and cultures that I'm really proud of. And they're very inspiring people. And we've built a coaching business uh, and we've met some amazing people. And we work with a lot of inspirational people as well. And I I just find that fascinating. That's all due to running and exercise. Mm. So I really love that. But then thirdly, I'm going to add something that is a little bit more performance related because I had this feeling in the session the other day and it is a little bit related to that that flow state. Mm. I struggle to get that from any other sport that when I am running fast, for me, relative, it's all relative to you as an individual. You know, I'm going to give a shout out to Irene here who set a PB yesterday at Olympic Park. Like uh, Irene was saying that, you know, brought tears to her eyes achieving a time that she didn't think would be possible. You know, she ran, she ran at a speed that she didn't think was possible. And and that's what it does to you. Like sometimes you just hit those speeds or you just get in that flow state where you just feel amazing. And I don't know, it's hard to explain that, just running can give you that but sometimes you're going nothing can hurt me and nothing can touch me yeah and that's also what I love about it so yes there's a little bit of deeper stuff in there not quite as deep as yours um but there's also some performance benefits as well which I really enjoy yeah and I'm the same as you from a you know mental side of the running but also the performance side is so important to me like I always say to you like it's so important for me to be able to keep challenging the body and the mind. So when you were in that flow state on Tuesday during the session, I was chasing behind you up that hill. But like that challenge in the body and the mind, like keep doing it. Don't let, don't stop. Because what happens when you stop? Like that's when you, you just stop. I can't imagine. <laughs> I think, I think I'll be honest. I think that's what I was I was on that slippery slope of finding and uh, I, I, I didn't like it. I just thought, I, you know what, I, I can get back to this. I can. I don't yeah. have to be as good as I was. Uh, and I, I'm recognizing that, well, we all, we all get older. We're all getting older and I am getting older. I don't have to be at the level I was, but I can still do things that make me feel good about myself. And yeah. that, that's important. Excellent. So the final takeaways from our Finding Your Running Mojo podcast episode are... Think about um, setting a goal for yourself, something that's going to motivate you. So that's one big takeaway. Take action towards that goal. Motivation will come from action. Make sure that you are grateful for the things uh, that you have in your life and take inspiration from others. Also link to that. Surround yourself with the right people if, if you wish to. Find the groups that are going to pick you up or find the people that will pick you up that will help you towards those goals. Um, and just with 
finding your inner mojo. Accept that you don't have to feel amazing every day. We don't all feel amazing every day. We don't love running every day. It doesn't mean like, it's like with Gemma, I love her. But some days I'm just like, Gemma, you need to shut up. You have that with me. Jesus. Like, don't get me started. I thought I'd throw that one in there at the end so we can go out and now debate that point outside the, the, the podcast studio. Thanks again to everyone for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We hope you've had a great week. We hope you have loved and enjoyed your pancakes this week. As always, we will see you very soon, hopefully at some races or at one of our community events. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>